disclaimer that this episode does feature some spoilers for Naruto, so if you're watching that or planning to and you do not want any spoilers, then when you hear us start mentioning Naruto, you might want to skip ahead three to four minutes to be safe. Hello, and welcome back to OP's OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece manga front to back. I, as always, am Jacob, the super rookie of One Piece, joined by my co-host, the super veteran, Justin. Yo, what's up, everybody? Today, we have finally reached the big Marine Forum. Covering chapters 550 up through 580. And ah, the climax, essentially, of this whole, really whole first saga, quote-unquote. The Mm. whole first, everything we've seen up to now, almost. Especially from Alabasta, right? Where we first got introduced to Ace. Up to here, it feels like one big saga. Because basically right after that, Ace went down this rabbit hole, Blackbeard, etc., etc. You know, Mm -hmm. it all unfolded from there. And this really yeah. does feel like the climax, just like a, a thread that's been lingering in the background for a really, really long time. Yeah. Uh, sorry for the side tangent, but I do want to ask, how are you feeling today? Are you feeling good? I'm feeling pretty good. How about yourself? I'm feeling okay, because I, I, I know it sounds like a tangent, but I'm going to go with this. Hang on. So I started off the day. I cleaned up my laptop. It's got the dust off. It looks nice and clean now. Nice. The day is not going to be too hot today. And I have never been so happy to have my balls exposed in audio form for being super fucking wrong about predictions last night. <laughs> because oh, yes. I made the the easiest and <laughs> safest predictions of what might happen in this arc. And I you think and 100... 75% of everyone that didn't know, you know that's and, happening. And we had reasonings, <laughs> but I think we'll save it for when we get there. Uh, let's... I think we'll make it, we can make it quick. We'll go through the first, like, what? Like, the first 25 chapters? Yeah, really I, let's, let's be real. Like, in the very, very beginning and the very, very end is the most relevant stuff. And the oh, middle yeah. is just amazing action, by the way. This this arc is... It, I want to say it's a, truly a feat at how mm-hmm. well this war is played out. And you're seeing a bunch of different perspectives and how fast-paced it is. All these new characters. It's great. It's an amazing arc for being 85%, 90% roughly of action. Mm. It does but serve man. it does serve a purpose too where like you're seeing a glimpse of power of what like the standard grunts would have in the grand in the grand line, the new world actually. Yeah, so seeing like Luffy is still uh he's still stronger than a grunt. <laughs> But yeah, he's definitely not a top tier in this battlefield. Oh yeah. Normally, the, uh, in any given situation, we see like Luffy, Zoro, the Straw Hat, Sanji are the strongest people on the island at any given point throughout the story. And this here, case, he's, no. he's arguably <laughs> the, he's not like ones. the weakest person, but counting out like the base Grunt Marines and some of the Grunt Pirates, he is like one of the weakest people there. Yeah, and the, that's just the, a crazy changeup. It definitely is, because he, if anything, is, like, the moral support, because he is Ace's brother and all this, but, like, he is not providing the main muscle. Like, they're trying to get him, because they, uh, uh, should we just say it right now, the white beard does show up, shocker. Um, yeah, I, I'm honestly, <laughs> I feel like this arc is almost unspoilerable, except for the, the big thing, obviously. The big things, at the very, very Yeah, end. and the beginning as well, I guess, is, is relatively, mm-hmm. that's pretty bad to learn early, which... As it is in the beginning, we could talk about that. How did you feel about the ace, gold D ace reveal? Mm-hmm. So, personally, I wasn't 
super surprised by this because we already found out, you know, like, you know, the will of D there's got to like, you heard my theories throughout the, uh, yeah, I was going to say, literally, I will give you the credit. I remember way back in Alab around Alabasta time, you were speculating Ace and Luffy at the time being Mm -hmm. somehow related to Roger, which you were like so close to being right there. I think you may have even mentioned a similarity between Luffy, Ace, and, like, Roger appearance-wise or something of the like, but... It's it's always that wide smile they have. That's, like, the physical Yeah, yeah, that, I think have. that was it, yep. Um, but, yeah, so in this... So in that, because of those, we got the confirmation that Ace is, in fact, Goldie Roger's son, but not Dragon's, because that's the, the big difference now, is because we had Dragon introduced in between then and now, and Dragon is confirmed to be and Luffy's dad. I do want to cut in there, because this reveal to me was... It was an interesting experience, because I was week-to-week at this time, as I've said before, right, reading this. Mm-hmm. When we, caught, we got to this point, or before this, people had, like, thrown this theory out there that either Luffy or Ace was somehow, like, related to Roger by blood, even though the yeah. timeline didn't match up, because we we didn't know that at this point. Mm-hmm. And so, normally something like this would feel like an ass pull, but really? the way that Oda made that, just that really short, I think, what, extra one-year difference into, mm. like, a really amazing character piece for a character that we're probably never going to hear about again. <laughs> like, honestly, Portgus the Rogue, or Rouge, maybe, if mm-hmm. you're an X-Men fan. Uh, but I really liked it. It was it was a good way, I think, to, to subvert those expectations, because it did come out to me as a really cool moment as a mother that loved her child so much that she put her body through, like, torturous hell to, to hold... To, to defy nature, yeah, defy nature somehow and have the willpower to hold her, hold him in. Normally, I would say that's impossible, but you know, for the sake oh, of I mean, storytelling, sure she is. had to. Yeah, but, yeah, and even then, it, it killed her. Right? She died in childbirth. Right? That was the yeah. implication when we got in the flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can you can argue that where it's like, well, she suffered side effects for holding the baby. In. By the way, she had to hold the, a baby in Ace because the Navy was out looking because they had the, the intel that. Gold Roger, Goldie Roger, might have had a son, so or a child anyway. Which so keep more government awful actions as well. Oh yeah. Oh, there's another part. God, again, a lot of the stuff I want to ask about and talk about are at the end of this arc. So yeah, uh, the reveal is Ace is related to Goldie Roger. That's also why the government wanted to publicly display the apparently the Jumbotron satellite feed of his execution. They're making a huge spectacle. They're just, they're huge assholes here. So, okay, so a a little world-building question I have. So, the Jumbotron that's at Sabote, Sabote, um, is that because it's on the red line still, so it's just, like, a little bit of cable? Or is this, like, a worldwide broadcast, and that implies that the government has satellites that can transmit the signals? Uh, I think the video feed is is restricted to close-by areas, because it does yeah. sh- it shows us other areas, and they don't have videos. They're listening, like, on a radio or something. So or, I assume or they're that waiting the, for the paper, yeah. I think the snail signal is limited, yeah. Yeah, that's so now we have snail uh, snail phones. We also have snail cameras now, I guess. Yeah, uh, I don't know snail, what snail, cameras. snail cameras. <laughs> Yeah, but regardless, the, the Sabote had like some access to some really good high quality. I guess the way that I, I think it's explained, or maybe it's just my headcanon, is that somehow those snails can create whatever kind of wave. Are, are video signals waves? I don't even know. Light, yeah, wave, yeah, wave whatever kind of waves they want, and and uh, transmit them. That mm. would explain all of their abilities, right? Yeah. So it turns out the snails are actually running the whole world of One Piece. <laughs> they don't talk, but they're they are the technological uh key to everything. Cthulhu is a snail? <laughs> Possible. He's, 
He's instead he, of an octopus, uh, he, he's he like mar- a snail-like creature. Uh, he ha- he is in control of like the mother snail of all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't thought about that actually. So okay, so that's why Ace is being publicly executed, not just because of the fact that he's you know the lieutenant or like the first division commander. Or second, second division? division commander. Second division commander. First division commander is Marco. Marco. That's the Phoenix guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, regardless, that's also why they want to publicly make this public. He's the son of Goldie Roger. Uh, Sengoku is making this public. And by the way, I think we kind of glossed over it last, at the end of the last episode, but everyone's fucking here. Everyone is here, including <laughs> oh, yeah. Captain Smoker, Officer Toshigi, Kobe's here. All the three admirals. Let's you say got. we can say basically every named marine we've ever gotten. A, every the white beard pirate, which is an insanely powerful faction that we've never been introduced to before. Not yet. Nope. A bunch of old allies. All most of the notable notable baroque works agents are here. Buggy the clown is here. It is insane. Oh, the thing that we forgot to mention last time is we mentioned crocodiles here too. He wants to kill Whitebeard. <laughs> We forgot to mention that important bit. <laughs> I'm I'm still I'm very curious about all the details of Whitebeard and Crocodile's relationship. If, I haven't if, fully grasped it yet. If the if it's um if they ever fully explain it, I just assume it's because of power grab. Crocodile just figures if he you know, kinda like Buggy, right? If there's some way that I can yeah. usurp the Emperor, I can become the next emperor, Crocodile is just more active. He's not like a guy who schemes and gets like minions. Right, he does see he would like take the influence as it is, just being the guy with yeah. the white beard. Yeah, that's very mm-hmm. possible. He's ambitious, just like a certain other character that we'll see later on in this arc. But yeah, even to the point where the first time all the allies, quote unquote, like you know Luffy's team, meet up together, the first thing Crocodile tries to do is try to assassinate Whitebeard <laughs> yeah, <it was laughs> right away. Insane. Like no, no pauses, no like introductions, no monologues. Man, like, no I, I love the effortless stop that Luffy, that Luffy makes. did. Yeah. He's like, uh, hold on, bro. <laughs> I remember dip the dip the hand in some liquid real quick, punch mm-hmm. him right, clock him right in the face. Like, nah, he's the, he's my best chance at saving my brother. So. At this point, all the allies are together. Oh, hang on. All the allies are together, but the main fucking general in charge of all this, motherfucking Whitebeard himself, we should acknowledge it. You know, what a fucking introduction to this dude. What an entrance. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, so the two times we saw this guy before, the first time I mentioned it is he looked like a pimp, despite being, like, hooked up to oxygen tanks, it looked like. Because he was surrounded by like, all the like the nurses, right, wearing like the leopard thigh highs or whatever, leopard print thigh highs. And then the second time, he's still taking a seat, but he's still like kind of like slow and old, and, like you know, past his prime, right? Mm-hmm. With Shanks, but he still has the power to split the sky in half when they clash that one panel. And then this time, we're like, okay, let me see this guy's power, and it looks like he punches reality with like a fist and causes the plates to shift, earthquakes to form. Uh, and can it be felt around the world, depending how he hits exactly? And, oh, just... <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, that's the power of an emperor, all right? Literally, like, shatter reality by just slamming the air itself, watch it crack, and then watch the entirety of Marineford, which looks like Himeji Castle, by the way. Nice it's, to touch there. Yeah, so clearly, the, like, that is the scale of a... A top-tier, mm-hmm. like, full-strength attack, and it is mind-blowing. Not to mention, I just love a good head slam on a random grunt for, to, for just, like, sheer, like, power. dude. And he does that to, like, a guy who tries to charge at him, 
and with that tectonic power as well, I'm just like, that guy's mm-hmm. not getting up. That Shat- guy's not getting up. The guy up. had a helmet that got shattered too, right? I think so. Regardless, that guy's not getting up. <laughs> Ever, yeah. That guy's, yeah. let's be real. I, I go. I love a good uh, wrestling choke slam, head slam every now and then, and that one was just a good, good touch. Um, I think it's relatively safe to assume that every person Whitebeard hit died. All the Marines in this, I, I, like, I, they were I, hit I, I can see that. I can see that. Um, so while the action is going on, we'll, we'll speed through the action here because let's be honest, it's action. There's a lot of tidbits yeah, here like, and there. In general, like I said, it was really fun. But was there anything that stuck out to you in this whole section? Like, if anyone. Uh, which I really, I'm not sure if anyone is. No one has said so. So if you are, please do tell us so in a review. <laughs> if you are, don't actually watch One Piece and you only listen to this podcast. What's going on is there's an execution platform and a big arena and Luffy has to rush through this big battlefield where this big mm-hmm. arena-like plateau is. Get through that and then up to the scaffold where he is. And this whole middle section is just him working his way through that past yeah. obstacles, past enemies to get to Ace. It's a It's a gauntlet of fan service, really, because like, it's a callback oh, yeah. of... Hey, do you remember Moria? And I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. He's like my least favorite warlord. And then he has like three panels of action where he's again, like what you were saying, like he's possessing like some Marines that were dead around the site. And then uh, I think it was Jinbei that countered him. So Luffy oh, goes, yeah, Jinbei was like, step. come on, son, you don't, you don't stand a chance here. You don't mess with water, dude. Don't mess with water. The fisherman's um, like, we learned basically his worst weakness because salt is what makes mm-hmm. the zombies weak. So Jinbei was just handling him very easily. Yeah. So, and the, and that's basically, like, what's going to be, like, going on for, like, 20 chapters, it feels like. Because it's going to be, like, a little fight between Luffy and a callback enemy. And then an ally will show up who is, like, a hard counter or at least a good solid stalemate and the, to occupy. It'll be a new character, it'll be an old character, and then they move on. But I do have, like, some notes that I noted here where it's just, like, things that stuck out. Um, Doflamingo is here, the other warlord that we haven't really seen much at all. He just controlled he a couple the, of guys. We talked, I think we talked about it last episode. Was he the last warlord that we haven't really, like, seen? Uh, yeah, he's the one that we haven't he seen is. in action. Well, right. I guess Hancock too, right? But, um... Well, we see, we see him and her in action here, but... Yeah, oh, by the way, Hancock is on the ally side, obviously, not the Navy. She likes right. to protect she, her, her she's love. She's standing <laughs> on the Navy side, but she's fighting on Luffy's side. If you ask her, uh, Luffy's her husband. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, they're married now. Yeah, like, after she got hugged, she goes, is this what like, If Boa Hancock <laughs> walks up to you and says you're her husband, you I'm just not going to say, okay. say no. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, sure, fuck. <laughs> but, I guess um, this is my life now. Yeah, but some of the highlights is Doflamingo has... Um, I don't know if anyone's familiar. This is a it's, it's a classic anime, I guess esque, but it's older, so it might not be relevant as much. Uh, do you ever, do you know an anime called Helsing Ultimate? Yeah, yeah, the classic with uh, Alucard, right? The guy yeah, with the yeah. dual wield like uh, heavy caliber pistols. There's mm-hmm. a character in that series by the name of Walter. He's a but basically he's like the classy kind of uh, a fighter. Yeah, but his power was that he had like these strings that had untold power and i got that uh feeling from doflamingo because it looked like he i don't know what he did he did like a small action as he passed by by the way oats's brother i guess from thriller bark he was on the ally side he just passed by his leg did a thing and it just got cut clean off perfectly and i'm like these are some invisible puppet strings, and boy, those strings are yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could see that uh, that idea being backed by the idea that he kind of it seemed like he got yanked into the sky as well. You know, when he flew up, 
Mm-hmm. He didn't really jump or anything. He just kind of, you know, whoop, like flip is what it yeah. seemed like. He just like kind of got shot up into the sky and then he was up there. So that would yeah. that would I think make sense if he was like if he had strings above him that kind of pulled him up. Yeah, because I'm thinking like again, like this guy's like a puppet master. So again, I don't know his actual power, but everything tells me it's puppet related. And therefore, strings, therefore, this guy is so strong, his strings can, like, literally cut through anything, like, like it's a, like, the sharpest sword in the world. And this guy's loving the violence the whole time. It's like, he doesn't get too much characterization, but we get a bit of, like, a more of what he's like. Because he's just watching the war unfold in front of him, and he's just basking in it. He's loving it. He's like, I don't care what side I'm on, I just want to be on the winning side, because the winning side is what declares, you know, what, how the world works. Because he, he respects that power in that kind of way. So, we got a little bit of that guy. Pretty good and, mid-war speech, if you will. <laughs> yeah, from from an insane lunatic who's like, the justice is on the side of whoever wins, motherfucker! And yeah, we'll, like, say, we'll say it was, uh, I'll say, it, it was an adequate aside. <laughs> you know, did a good mm. job of, like, setting the tone and explaining Doflamingo and all that oh, yeah. Uh, we also see, we'll see more of this guy later on, I kind of, uh, Admiral kind of. Uh, I want to ask you, this was the guy who shot his own Marine back in Eni's lobby, right? When the guy's like, we can't bombard our own, like, our own troops, this is madness. And I think he just shoots him right at the spot and goes, anyone else have any questions? Is that, was that a kind was of... Was that? Because he, he doesn't... He wasn't on Eni's lobby, but it, you, they called out or something? Mm, well, what talking it, about? well, I thought it was him because he the I kind of does something very similar to that character in Eni's lobby, where a soldier panics and flees, and almost like Kobe does as well. No, I'm, I'm gonna say it, it definitely no, that wasn't that guy. You know, I'm sure, I would, okay, I would, okay. I would remember if he was in any lobby. Okay, okay. I thought it was like very brief, like a brief little, little uh, teaser that he was there. But regardless, he's completely ruthless to his own soldiers as well as a pirate. He shows no mercy. His power reinforces that where it's magma, where anything it touches, you just suffer slowly and die. He has no problem with that. You get in his way, you die too. Um, so of course he's a. High, of course, so of course he's a high-ranking admiral in this authoritarian world government. Um, we also get um, we we mentioned Crocodile failing to assassinate Whitebeard. Um, uh, Kuma the tyrant is no longer r- himself. Apparently, right. that whole transformation sequence of like, oh, we need your DNA, your body, or your data so we can replicate cyborgs, and apparently by this point, it's complete. The actual Kuma we knew. That slapped, I keep saying slapped, who separated all <laughs> the straw hats with the pimp slap. Um, I guess it's no longer there. And it's been completely replaced by these, all these Terminators, basically, that have like these. Yeah, the omit, Pacifista. Yeah, the Pacifista is <sighs> horrible, fucking ironic name. Like, it's great right. and horrible. It's a great time. name, honestly. Yeah, the Pacifista. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because their perspective is, oh, we're pacifying it by having a deterrence of overwhelming power. Pacifier. And it's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Um, I do love the the light drawing, and it's also just drawing. uh from a quick scaling perspective, we saw one of these things that the straw hats could not be on yep. Sabodi. Mm-hmm. All like the three strongest members fighting it, and now there's dozens of them, and like just providing tons. artillery. Support. They have an army of these things now, which I think I think implies that things for pirates are going to be getting a lot tougher, at least for weaker pirates. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're gonna ship those things out to like non Grand Line territories, we don't exactly know how many they have though. So yeah. they probably want to save those for more for bigger I threats. W- maybe 
I wonder, I know they say that the real Kuma is no more, but I wonder if there actually is, like, a brain in a jar somewhere that if they find somehow that they can just break all the cyborgs. Because it's implying at this point that they can just make infinite Kumas at this point. So, I don't know how they deal with that in the future, but I would like to, I would just like to see a head in a jar of just Kuma, and then you have, like, a Bible just leaning next to the jar <laughs> to remind people, yes, this is Kuma. <laughs> Um, but yeah, T-1000 motherfuckers just providing artillery support for the Navy was just completely, like, overwhelming. Um, oh, and there's a quick exchange. We get to see Mihawk again. Motherfucking first warlord we ever got to see when he fought Zoro back at Barate. And you're thinking, and we're probably thinking at this point, like, oh, he's probably not even that strong at this point, right? Because Livy grew really? so much. Really? I didn't think so, because... I think No, that, that was my expectation going forward. Yeah, I think Mihawk's, I'll say it now, his introduction, I don't know if I said it in Baratier, maybe. But power scaling wise, I feel like that was such a smart move having Mihawk show up in Baratier. Because we, I we, still we to this, this yes. day believe that Mihawk is a top tier, and I think that the ceiling, or close to the ceiling that he established there, mm-hmm. where he just casually slices a ship in half with a normal like attack, like that is a top tier to me. And yeah. I think that ceiling has stayed the same throughout all of One Piece, and I really liked that, you know, like, being seen, seeing the mm-hmm. top, or close to the top, very early in the series. I think, I think I, going into this, I let my my misconception of the title of Warlord affect my expectations, because I think Warlord, I think everybody, I think of Moria, I also think of Hancock, I also think of uh, Kuma, I think of, you know, and they're really strong, but I didn't think he'd be like, okay, so in this battlefield, he might be, like, equal with them, or, like, his own advantages, but we get that panel of Luffy, like, trying to do an attack, but then he sees uh, Mihawk about to counter him, like, through uh, what you said, like, the mantra, right, in the pre-recording? You mentioned right, it. we talked about it briefly in our pre-recording, because I wanted to see if this stuck out to Jacob, that yeah. all the weird, unexplained things are ha- still unexplained at this point in the story, happening on the battlefield, like, in this little confrontation with uh, Mihawk, mm-hmm. Luffy is about to, like, do a bazooka on him, but he sees his arms getting cut off, so he, instead it- of he counts. He like he shoves him into the ground instead. He's like, "Oh crap! He's about to cut off my arms," which is, that... is very similar to like <laughs> mantra. We I love. I love the idea that in the middle of this shonen fight, that Luffy just does a dodge cancel on a counter move, <laughs> like in the game terms. <laughs> yep. dodge and then cancel, he, actually, do, do, attack cancel, right? Dodge cancel out of a charged move, and he looks behind him of the missed attack, and he sees like like half the mountainside completely in the air. And I'm like, oh. Great panel. Oh. And that I got the reminder of like our conversation about Verite, where I'm like, oh, right. This guy is number one warlord. Because again, to clarify. Yeah, all think, warlords are, are not created equal. Yeah and, I, yeah, and I was also thinking of that earlier, that conversation where it's like the four emperors versus the navy and the seven warlords is about equal. That was my mindset. So I was thinking, like, okay, so Mihawk can't be as strong or equal to Whitebeard, for example. But after oh, I seeing think, that... I think Mihawk is, like, 30%, 40%, maybe, of the warlords. Yeah, of the power. entire Navy at this point? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so after seeing that, yeah. But then it got uh, questioned again, because, again, how we mentioned earlier how everyone meets their, uh, their equal, or, like, a defense, a stalemate. And we see a swordsman, a part of Whitebeard's crew, that they Vista, know by name. Vista, yeah. Flower Apparently you Vista. know. <laughs> I just, yeah. at, that's pretty much his only appearance. I mean, I, you know that to this point. It's the first time we've seen him. We haven't seen yeah. him for long. But I, I really liked his character. He's kind of a, a, like, he's a like a gentleman, kind of a showman as well. 
he kind of puts on a show. He's got the flower petals in the air as he does. He's got a little bit of style to him. And it's he's actually, strong as hell. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually very funny because uh, back at Barate, I said I mentioned uh, Mihawk sounded like Inigo Montoya from Prince of Pride. <laughs> and right. now he's literally fighting a character that more resembles like yeah, Inigo Montoya. Yeah, I was Montoya. waiting for that. I wanted <laughs> yep. to see. I was like, he literally fights a guy that looks like him. Hawkeye, yeah, Mihawk. So I you like killed my brother. <laughs> I would say, like, the way he's portrayed, he's probably, like, roughly the second strongest swordsman in the world, or very, you know, up there. He's yeah, crossing swords with Mihawk, he's not really having a problem, and yeah, as Mihawk far as we can name. assume, he holds him off for the rest of the arc, basically. Yeah, long, long yeah. enough for, yeah. A very long, long fight with Mihawk to survive, and he is unscathed at the end, we see, which is very yeah. impressive. Yeah, so they're doing a really good job introducing all these new characters. We mentioned uh, Marco already, he's like the first division commander, he is the first division commander, right? Yeah, he's the but, first division commander, and Ace is the second division commander. Yeah, this, and Jozu, uh, the guy that turns into diamond, third division commander. Right, you have the ultimate attack and the ultimate defense uh, right there. Um, we have Eva at one point juicing Luffy up again, which I thought would have horrible ramifications, and it kind of does at the very end. It, that could be yeah. a side effect of what happens at the very very end. But because again, Luffy is being so outmatched here by the sheer power of all these enemies going on, and so Eva has to juice him up again. And yeah, because he literally collapsed like three quarters of the way there. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and then we also see <laughs> we get the the classic old man rolling up his sleeves trope with Sen Goku of all characters, and I'm like, oh shit, what's this Dude, guy's deal? That was honestly so scary just because you it know was. that is a good use of a trope, right? Because you expect Absolutely. when you see like when someone rolls up their sleeves, they're about to do something sick, right? So when yeah. you see a big villain like this. The leader of the navy, he rolls up his sleeves. I get tingles, you know. It's yeah, like, here we go. Yeah, this guy is above uh, Okiji, Aikadu, and Kuzo. Is it Kuzamaru? Kuzama? Kuzan. Kuzan. Wait, wait, that's that's Aokiji's real name. Kuzan. No, no, no. I'm talking about the the third admiral, the guy that has the big. Oh, uh, Akainu, Aokiji, and Kizaru. There you go. Kizaru. Okay, okay, yeah. So, because he's above those three, so I'm thinking. And you look at him too. He's like he looks not that threatening. Like he had the the pet goat. He had he has the round glasses. Mm-hmm. He has the afro. And he's like okay, so he has power, but oh, how much actual physical power does he have? And then you roll up the sleeve, and you're like, oh shit, he has power. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's still unclear what he does to me, but he he grows in size and he has like this energy field. Well, it's not really quite clear. They didn't really quite explain it to me. It, they did. They said it. They said they. Well, his name is Sigoku the Buddha. Oh, yeah, the name, that's his name, yeah, but yeah, the no. power itself. They didn't because, say it. Right, right, right. Yeah, because he basically grows giant, and then he does, like, similar attacks to, uh, you said Kizaru? Was that was the Admiral? Yeah, the, the light. Third, yeah, the light guy. It's almost similar to that guy's power, because he just puts out, like, a palm, and then, like, you just see, like, a beam happen, like, suppress or push him away. Again, it's unclear in the manga, but he has the power to push people away, and it's, it's to hold his own. Um, Honestly, Kizaru should be pretty easy to remember as a Dragon Ball fan. <laughs> should be the easiest <laughs> one to remember. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of characters this arc, and I'm still trying to. I'm horrible with names. Um, and then the basically the final thing that happens uh, before we get to like the chain of events that w- I wanted to get to was um, at the very end, Garp, you know, takes a stance. He's gonna say, "No, I'm a Navy man. I believe in justice. I believe in my cause." And he's about to fight Luffy, but Garp. <laughs> Flinches. Garp, Garp is a standout in this for me, actually. Mm-hmm. Not like action wise, but morality. Mm-hmm. As a character, yeah. So, yeah. I, I do want to talk about it here just because 
I never really have before talked about Garp. This is the first yeah. opportunity to do so. You, you had you had to hold back, I bet. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. So Garp in this arc, like I man, initially I hated him so much. I, was I like, always love the guy. What, what are what are you doing, man? Like I don't care what my job is. I'm working for a job that's about to execute my grandson. I'm out. You know, like that's yeah. It. But well, you can always tell it was shaky. Yeah, Garp wants to do that, but I think it is very clear that Garp knows things that we do not. He has weighed his options, and he has, you know what I mean? He's determining mm-hmm. his job as he has taken it to protect, defend the peace mm-hmm. of the world. And in some way, whatever the outcome, whether he's right or wrong, he has determined that the Navy is the best way to do that. And, like, you know what I mean? He knows mm-hmm. things that we don't know, I'm sure of it. And he's decided, and he's made his tough decision to stick to his justice no matter what. Which I really respect now. Though I, I was sense, really mad yeah. at him initially. I'm still salty in the moment rereading this. Like, oh, Garp. Yeah, he had every but opportunity to Yeah, he had every opportunity much. to free Ace earlier on. But no, he was consistent. Like, oh, I'm going to do my job and protect him. And not to mention, he was also heavily pressured, pressured by Son Goku sending right next to him going, Garp, you're going to do the right thing, right? <laughs> but either man, way, I yeah. Think Gar- I think Son Goku was asking for it, man. <laughs> I wanted Garp to <laughs> oh, start throwing yeah. hands. Like, you know what? I am going to do it. Pop! Yeah. You know? That's yeah. what I wanted. But yeah, like in another universe, Oda writes it so that Garp actually does betray the Navy and does like the, the Luffy punch. And join, joins the Whitebeard Pirates, Whitebeard lives. Yeah. Or, yeah, so like that. I, I'm, does, being, like, I'm like, being serious. If that's the one thing that changed, Ace and Whitebeard both live. I mean that. <laughs> if Garp switched sides when Luffy was right there, they would have made it out of their safe. At, the at, at the exchange. Yeah, at the exchange of Yeah, when Lu- if Luffy and Garp are both right there at the scaffold, and Garp's like, you know what, I am going to help you. Like, Luffy and Garp, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a safe escape. I think so, too. Um, but what I did love is those panels, too, where, I, I mentioned it real quick, uh, where uh-huh. he he actually, yeah, I'm going to fight you, I'm going to do my job as the as a captain or an admiral. He's a, he's a captain, right? Uh, captain who? Garp? Oh, uh, Cap- vice admiral. Vice Admiral, okay, sorry. Because they, they mentioned in this arc that he he is he was offered the role of Admiral, but he didn't want the responsibility or the like people relying what did on he say? Him. Like uh like harboring over his actions more harshly. He wanted a little more freedom versus, you know, a little more money and more rank. Which which makes sense. He's very lenient and always laughing at the the faults of the Navy when they fuck up or like they're oh mm. they fuck up their intel. He's always laughing about it when it involves like his family. But there's that moment where like Luffy and uh, Garp are like they're doing like that, uh, that cross counter punch moment, but Garp closes his eyes, that flinch where he's just he's not fully invested in the role, and Luffy sees that does like the. I don't even really think it was a flinch as much as I kind of felt like he li- like he wanted to like he did make his choice, but in the end he just couldn't actually attack his grandson himself. Yeah, know? sorry. Like if it's he not... was the one executing Ace, he wouldn't have been able to do it. No way. Yeah, so, yeah. Sorry, I want to clarify again. It, not a literal flinch, but more like he wasn't solely a hundred percent sold yeah. on his own decision because he closed his eyes. Like I can't see myself stopping Luffy from rescuing Ace. So he closed his eyes for that moment, and that was enough for uh, Luffy to do the. Uh, uh, God, I brain farting right now. Man, the can you imagine anime. how we would feel about Garp if he had stopped Luffy and Ace had died? Oh, bottom yeah, of the shit he, tier he list. Would have, he would have been the number one, like, hated character immediately. But he still, but the point is, at this point, he still tried to stop, but he wasn't fully committed. His heart was with his family more so than the job, because he closed his eyes at that moment. Uh, regardless, Luffy gets there, and because, due to circumstances, he loses the key that Hancock got him the first time. 
<sighs> Mr. Three clutches it, gets him the, a second copy key. <laughs> Fuck you, Oda, for this. Fuck you, Oda, for trying to make me like this guy. He's still boring, okay? It's just now I can't call him useless. But he is clutch. <laughs> he is clutch. Yes. And that is arguably more important. <sighs> Says you. <laughs> I'm gonna... Uh, that was uh, that was very clutch. It was. The Mr. So, 3 save, which essentially what happens is once mm-hmm. Luffy does get onto the scaffold, he gets into a brief fight with Sengoku, which cl- looks... It's pretty uh, obvious, I'd say, that it would not go well if it was extended. Nope, not for Luffy. But luckily, Mr. 3 has worked his way up to the platform, basically disguised. kind of by hiding. He's trying yeah. to like, disguise himself as a Marine so he doesn't get killed. And yeah, he ends but- up dressed as an executioner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> buggy, the Buggy side of the team, Buggy and their pirates. Oh, by the way, Buggy's pirates, they're all simps for uh, Buggy at this point. Buggy's, they're all worshipping the guy. Everything Buggy does in this arc, to me, is is actually hilarious. It is and I, hilarious. I, I really love Buggy after this arc. Like, <laughs> I started to like him in Impel Down a little bit. I'm like, this guy is pretty funny. You know, yes. much funnier than, than he was in Orange Town. And at this point, I'm like, oh my god, Buggy, Buggy for Pirate King, let's go. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's, like, just, it's for actually... the, just for the jokes, I want it. Yeah, and it's actually interesting, too, because usually I'm not a fan of a character who uh, is both, de- like, efficient and comedic, and then they, uh, I I would see as devolve into just comedic, because it's kind of like you're lowering their, uh, you know, you're lowering their importance. By just right, because like, normally that role would go to, a, like, a main character or a recurring, like, side character as opposed yeah, to a, an antagonist. It's what, it's what happened to those of you who have seen Legend of Korra. That's what happened with Bolin. He became in the first season. Yeah, yeah you I, know, you know. I hated that. <laughs> I love Bolin. Okay, continue. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm, yes, Not that man. <laughs> I have very strong feelings about Korra. We, yeah. I think Jacob and I have had like a two to three hour conversation about how we would <laughs> rewrite that series. But yeah. that's another podcast. That's another podcast. But um, yeah, but that's the trope that I usually hate. I think of characters like that where it's like you have potential to be like this great uh, blend of a character like Sokka from the predecessor series. But instead, he delved into like a comic relief character, and you're not even that funny. Luckily, in this case, he is both still clutch while being a comedic character and still being fucking hilarious at the same time. Like, there's a moment where Luffy, when he was fighting Mihawk, he was desperate to try and get away from Mihawk. He was dragging Buggy down to, like, try and block the slipes. But it doesn't work because he avoids the slices, and the sword still goes through Buggy. And so Let's Luffy still has to dodge. That. <laughs> is... Oh, we can't... Ugh, we'll talk about it next week. Buggy, that is a, such an interesting... The hard counter to Mihawk? <laughs> yeah. Like, is, could Buggy beat Mihawk? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. Think, no, no, no. Okay. So what happens is, again, Buggy tries to fight Mihawk, but Mihawk counters. He does, like, the down B from Smash Brothers. And then Mihawk... Su- uh, sorry, Buggy suffers from his own, like, counter of the cannonball. Um, So if Buggy tries to attack, he's fucked. But if Buggy just stands there, Mihawk can't do shit. At least not with a sword. Yeah. So that tells me that okay, Buggy, you're is you're the ultimate defense, but as soon as you attack, you're fucked. So he's Dude, not I a love super that real quick. One of my favorite or no, actually my favorite joke in this arc was when he, he shot a buggy ball at Mihawk. Yeah, and then that was the counter. Yeah, the counter yeah, I was talking yeah. about. But the quote <laughs> that he says, I don't I don't recall if it's the same in the uh, manga. 
I'm pretty what sure it say? is. But he just has that, like, horrified, you know, kind of stupid look on his face with wide eyes as the buggy <laughs> ball's, like, coming towards him. He's like, what's uh-huh. the buggy ball have in common with a booming, fi- or with a bustling financial market? Like, <laughs> and they both go, and it goes, boom! Like, I love that. That, that was, was Okay, so I uh, I actually saved that picture, because uh, I love that freakout face. Uh, yeah, he does not that's say a great that. meme. He, he, he does not say that, but I love that quote. If that was actually, he didn't say anything in the manga, right? Okay, yeah. no, I, I yeah, rewatched that episode quiet. too to like cross reference <laughs> it. But I, that addition in the anime was that's just kiss for me. I loved that quote. What does what does this panel have in common with the nineteen twenty nine stock market crash? <laughs> the bustling financial market. <laughs> uh, okay, so we get we got sidetracked too much. It, Buggy does that. He's so entertaining. Oh yeah, we were on Mr. Three because we were talking about Mr. Three in his group. So Mr. Three Clutch. Yeah. For the Mr. first Three time Clutch. ever, and probably the last, let's be real. Um, but he saves Ace by making a wax key. Let's yeah. go, Mr. Three. You came yeah, up whatever. literally you one can, position can... in characters that I hate. I hate you a little less now. Good job. Yeah. Okay, okay. You you saved it there at the end. I was just gonna say you can continue trying to help save Mr. I, I think Four he comes more. up a good couple slots, actually. A good like up ten, you know? He's again, he's not bad. He's just boring. Like he but he does have his clutches in the last two arcs, so I'm like you still look very bland compared to all these other characters, but... Yeah. You have your uses, fucking weirdo. Um, <laughs> so, before we jump into Ace being freed, because he does get freed, and they have a, a wonderful Flashfire Fist fight with back-to-back bros, it was great. Um, uh, the whole fight, when, like, that chapter after Ace is freed, with him and Luffy yeah, you fighting get that, together. Like, that momentum, right? You think that you think my what a old team. theory. Yeah, my it's, old theory is coming true. They're gonna get out of here. These are going great. They're I, I will say everyone. I don't think we've seen sorry for interrupting, but like a two person right. team up that was this impactful to me since Luffy Tag and Zoro teamed Gumbo. up for the very first time in Romance yep. Dawn. Yep, that's the like shit you, that I love. When they just team up, you see them standing there together and you're like, Ooh, baby. Yeah, that's about panel- to get real. And you know? that panel of them literally back to back fists raised, and I'm like, "This is what With I the want." Flames <laughs> finally coming off Ace again. Yep. I'm like, "Oh, our boy's back here! Here we go! I can't wait for mm-hmm. him to join the Straw Hats and, and him be And the action is phenomenal. <laughs> we have him like fighting, dodging. Like we see like even Ace helping Luffy. Like he pushes his head down to like yep. you know, and he takes the attack through his arm because like, hey, I made a fire. Better for me to take it than him. He's defending mm. his brother. Like, ah, I love Ace, man. I love Ace as an older brother because he's probably one of my favorite, like, elder sibling characters I've ever experienced. Mm. And he's not I, even in the story that much. Man, and at this point, too, I was going, I can't wait to see more of this guy. I can't I believe my... Like, his, believe... His, their love, like, Luffy and Ace's, their brotherly love, it shows, like, even in this fight, especially. Yeah, like, you see the... the chemistry, the reaction mm-hmm. together is... Because because even back at Alabasta, you knew they had a rivalry going on, but it wasn't like a mean hard rivalry like Vegeta and Goku or like Bakugo and Deku. It's like no, it's a brother, it's a brotherly rivalry. I, I think I connect to Luffy and Ace very well, especially because the gap between them is very close to the gap between me and my own, my closest ah, older brother. Okay, and I feel like that age gap is just at just the right amount to where you and your brother end up being really good friends. Like, me and my brother have always gotten along our entire lives. We always hung out yeah. in the same friend groups, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Gotcha, mostly. Okay. And so yeah, we, ha- we always had that same kind of, like, sibling rivalry growing up. But And I think yeah. that relationship that I see in Luffy and Ace is just such a, a solid mirror to my, like, real-life relationship with my brother that mm-hmm. it hits me extra hard with yes. both of my brothers, actually, so... Right. So, unfortunately, some bad stuff happens. But I think before yeah. that, let's 
go back a little bit because there's a, a whole parts we skipped, but it'll it'll work now because we get to this point. So the origin story of Ace himself, right? We mentioned about how his mother hid him from the Navy by literally holding him in during childbirth, but that killed her, unfortunately. Yeah, As like he was held, growing, held him in her womb for an extra 10 months, right? So for 19 months, almost 10 months. Years. I missed that. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, it was 10 months. Because like she wanted to be super sure she wanted them to be done. Like, I hate okay. that. You had to say like she wanted all the other exterminating to be done. She wanted mm-hmm. the government to feel satisfied. You know, yeah, like, okay, as- there's no way he he gave birth or he got someone pregnant nine months ago, which mm-hmm. is, you know, like a he, two years after his death almost. Looking back on it, the Navy was literally pulling like a the story of the Moses from the Bible where the, you know, the soldiers were going out and killing all like the, the young born sons because the Pharaoh demanded it because he was worried that mm-hmm. from a prophecy they might usurp him or something. And looking back on that, like, holy shit, it's almost yeah, similar. Yeah, it was very much that kind of reaction. Cause, yeah, because the Navy's reaction was like, yeah, every pregnant woman, you're, we're going to kill your child or apprehend them. It's actually a little unclear, right? What would they do? I assume it's the worst because it's the fucking Navy. Yeah. But regardless, Ace is born. He has a very rough childhood growing up. Immediately moment one, and I actually mentioned this to you in pre-recording. I was like, I found his origin story similar to Robin's. But you made the point that, well, Robin at least had a little tiny bit of choice. Where she chose to make the Forbidden Studies, even though it's her passion, right? Right. And whereas Ace literally has no choice. It's his bloodline to be ostracized and hated with a vitriol, like, iration from everyone. That if I found out that Gold Roger had a son or any child, I would kill them myself. Easy. Like, stone them in the streets. No problem. Yeah, yeah. So Ace had I guess what I was thinking, like, at the crux of it is that Robin's whole storyline is about being i guess they're they are both about being unfairly judged and treated yeah versus for like i guess doing things that you're not supposed to quote unquote i don't know how to how to put hers into a solid form but aces is like a sense of the father situation which is how i think it's distinctly different from robin's yeah it's very it's it's very similar uh starting points but yeah you basically categorized it perfectly where Ace is suffering from the sins of the fathers against his will. Like he had, he has probably he has no idea who he is. He's never met him, and he's being ostracized for it. Um, we get to the moment where uh, Garp fulfills his promise that he made because apparently he met with Gold Roger before his execution of please watch over my son. And then we see Garp reintroducing, re- uh, sorry, not reintroducing, introducing Luffy, another son from an unknown character <laughs> dragon <laughs> yeah you know what's so interesting there like more interesting almost that garp is looking after the two most wanted sons from the two most that, wanted that is people right. on the planet. but it, I, I thought it was it was really <laughs> interesting in the navy? being like oh yeah this is my grandson now here here's my new grandson now and you're like where did luffy come from yeah you know like where did you because we saw how he went and picked up ace like how did you come around to going to pick yep. up luffy and we still don't know the exact origin of Luffy. Not we don't know where he was born. Yet. Yeah, we don't know anything before he was like May four when we mm-hmm. first saw him. Five. Not sure, but the flashback did confirm basically that Luffy and Ace are not blood brothers. At least not directly. Like it, maybe yeah, they're yeah, second yeah. cousins, but I think at this point, writing wise, they showed enough to be like, no, they're not blood brothers. They're not. Yeah, blood I brothers. also wanted to because we know we learned in this arc that they they said they became brothers by exchanging cups of sake, mm-hmm. which. Just as a, a fun fact, that's like a, an ancient Japanese traditional war, right? Which is usually used to, like, uh, indicate a promise it was. And now mm-hmm. is mostly used, I believe, by, like, or at least in pop culture, Yakuza syndicates as, like, yeah. they take on new subordinates or new deals. They exchange a cup of sake. Mm-hmm. But the most interesting part to me is that 
that ritual is named Sakazuki, which you may know or may not, listeners. Mm-hmm. I know that you know because I told you right before this. I reminded you. <laughs> Sakazuki is Akainu's real name, which is mm-hmm. so interesting. And I honestly, I don't even really, I haven't unraveled all the intricacies of what that implies. But his name being Sakazuki and him being the one that killed Ace and like his name referencing the same ritual that allowed Ace and Luffy to become brothers. There is definitely something there. Mm hmm that I just feel should be noted. Wow, way to, way to jump to the conclusion. I was going to build up to that moment, even though the people <laughs> listening to this should have read the whole thing at this point and not read it as they listen. Um, but yeah, so we get that origin yeah, story of how... Asa no, dies at the end of this arc. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's bad enough, you can blur it out or censor it. If, it's, yeah, <laughs> if you want to yeah. save it for later. <laughs> save it for the five minutes from now. Um, so basically, yeah, so Ace and Luffy have this interesting relationship where Luffy is a big crybaby as a, as a kid, and Luffy, and Ace is acting like the older brother, where he's like, you know, I gotta look out for you, kind of thing. Like, he gets, like, a bond with Luffy, where, you know, it start, uh, explains the origin, and it shows how, you know, Ace leaves very early, very young, to start his own force, his own pirate crew. It doesn't quite work out, because he has a run-in with a particular person known as Whitebeard. Very um, unfortunate. Very unfortunate, but we see that Whitebeard is very much like the historical figure of Genghis Khan, where if he beats you in a like a ferocious fight, but sees you have potential, he doesn't lock you up, he doesn't parade you, he doesn't humiliate you, he doesn't kill you, he doesn't mutilate you, he offers a hand and goes, you're strong, join me. And there's, and then Ace starts his whole scream of like, first, he, first off, he hated Whitebeard, he tries to kill him multiple times when he first mm-hmm. joined the crew, but... Uh, as it went on, he's developed a bond with the crew itself. He had like this familial bond that we see a lot of where the white beards really literally take the meaning of crew to equal family. We mentioned that before, where yeah. the straw hats felt like a family. White beard takes that to the next level where it's like, no, we are mm-hmm. family. Yeah, they're they're very straw hatty in their crew dynamic. Mm-hmm. And we actually get to clarification where Blackbeard uh he is in this flashback. And we see him, like, yeah, he looks very, like, laid back, very chill, unambitious. Like, he's very good at hiding it, if he didn't have plans at this moment. Um, um, and we see him kill one of the people that was friendliest to Ace when he's, like, getting accompanied to the crew. And we see, actually, the, too, because... The former 2nd Division Commander. Or, no, 3rd th- Division. Yeah, uh, Division Commander, regardless. Um, yeah. And we see, because we got the indication from Shanks as well... That Whitebeard is the one that put the hit on Blackbeard and he can't take it back. But we actually get the clarification in this flashback that Whitebeard was the one to go, Ace, just let it go. He's gone. He's got the fruit. We can't risk starting right. with. Yeah, because previously, we the way we saw it was Shanks was begging, like, please call Ace off, Whitebeard. And Whitebeard was like, no! And but now we now we know yeah, that actually what happened. In, yeah. in, in that voice, too. And But yeah. we now no. see. Yeah, yeah! <laughs> but we now see it's like, no, because it's it's almost like a father like trying to like stick up for his son in this case, where it's like I respect the decisions of my son, but I'm so I'm gonna take the blame and hit and say no. You're gonna think it's still me. I'm yeah. gonna say just say no. I like um, that moment when Ace, when Ace was like basically begging everyone to leave. Like you told me to run, and I didn't. This is my fault. Just let me take it. And he's like, eh, I don't remember going down just like uh, that. You remember also, that, Marco? Marco's like, nope, uh, <laughs> don't remember. <laughs> uh, help help me keep a mental note on that part right now. I'm gonna, I want to go back to that as we go further in the episode, uh, the recording. But the panel of Whitebeard going, Ace, let it go. Because I think there's further implications, but I'll, I'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Um, he was like, you just got to let this one go, I yeah. think. Yeah. But 
also to emphasize the whole family meaning, we kind of glossed over it because ultimately at the end of the day, it didn't really slow him down that much. Uh, Whitebeard is betrayed by one of his crew, stabs him right in the chest, and we get this whole <sighs> moment where the assassin is like, you, hold, you held back the ace was related to Gold Roger? I fucking hated that guy. How could, dare you? And instead of Roger, you know, killing him right then and there because he's fucking good, he hugs him and goes, I forgive you, my child. I forgive you, my son. And it's just like, this dude, dude is radical. I, that that was the moment where I was like, "Holy crap, I love Whitebeard." He his his, uh, his morality is like unshakable. Ironic because he has that shaking because he <laughs> he acts like a father. Like mm-hmm. if this is as you said, he views his crewmates and even his allies mostly as like his sons. So this guy, like his son, he makes a terrible, terrible mistake. But I mean, mm-hmm. in parenting, as you know, that happens, and he's the father, and he forgives him. Rather than getting mad at his son, he's like, someone intentionally turned you against me, turned your kind, righteous heart, and filled it with hatred. I am going to Forgive murder you. that person. <laughs> like, murder tell me person. who it was. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, I loved he, the shit out of that. <laughs> he has his head on straight. He's like, oh, I'm going to go after the cause that turned you like this because I know my family. You wouldn't do this. The only person that's the exception is Blackbeard. And he'll have what's coming to him. Well, at least that's the mentality he had. And But the reason why we didn't mention it earlier, likely, is because uh, at the end of the day, it didn't seem like to be the, a, a force that actually slowed him down because he's a fucking, fucking monster. Oh, yeah. Um, he's bleeding the whole time, but that's not and a, at this, all a crippling it's blow. It's so important to recall, even, that this is a weakened, sickly white beard. I guess that's the point, actually, of that scene, now that you point that out. It's kind of yeah. like... Uh, all Might's fight, and if you watched or read My Hero Academia, his first fight with the Nomu. Right. And it's like, this is a fraction of All Might's power. Look at the devastating power it is regardless. And you go, oh shit. Well, well, like, if this guy wasn't wounded, and if he was in his prime of his age on top of that, could he have literally just punched the, you know, the, the Tremor Fruit against, you know, when they first started, and just dude, solved like, it right I there. I feel like he probably could have just sank Marineford and had, like, yep. a fishman go retrieve Ace, <laughs> like, in yep. his prime. Yeah, Jinbei, go out there. Uh, no one can use their powers, they're all underwater. <laughs> you don't yeah, have to like, all that. the Marines are screwed, but <laughs> the only people that get saved are... Do they yeah. have, were there any fishmen? There was not a... Uh, only Jinbei. One, we did see giants on the government side. Yes, We've giants never seen a fishman on the government side, so... Yeah. But only, yeah, only Jinbei was on the ally side, yeah. Um... Right, right, right. He was. I'm, I'm, I'm now imagining an alternate scenario where Viper does this, that, just that, and all the Navy officers are, like, trying to scramble to get on top of the castle while it's sinking, like the Titanic scene, where it's mm. just going down, and everyone's, like, trying to scramble to get to the top, and in the chaos, everyone's, like, trying to get to uh, Ace while he's yeah. sinking, because he's still <laughs> chained up. Um, so, while that's all going on, Ace and Luffy are making their tactical retreat, they're having a big bro moment, wonderful action, I'm, like, you know, theoretically smoking a cigar going, well, I called it again. I'm so <laughs> fucking smart. Yeah, leaning back I... in your chair. Yeah, exactly. Legs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Petting pet the cat with my, uh, like, mahogany, like, my maroon-colored uh, robe. Oh, I yeah. called this one. Fireplace cacklet. Oh, I'm so good at my job. <laughs> and then I kind of does a taunt. He goes, you guys are a <sighs> bunch of cowards. You guys turn your back on a war you guys don't deserve the title, the reputation you guys have. Ace, being a member of the Whitebeard family, takes that very personal and goes, yeah. what the hell did you just say? He tries to do... <sighs> he falls to the trap. 
where basically, you know, Ice is, you know, confident. He's very powerful. But I'm going to blow your talked mind about- in a second. Sorry, continue. Yeah, okay. We talked about counters early on, right? Ca- matchups and counters. Aikainu is the counter to Ace because Ace thinks, oh, fire and magma, I, this can be nothing, right? And magma's like, no, magma burns everything. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, which includes Ace, his hand. And Luffy goes, oh, shit, you know, trying to help his brother out. And then Aikainu goes, you're in the way. He goes for the death blow. Next page, Ace takes the hit. He's impaled. Straight straight through the center. Straight through the solar plexus, basically. An enormous fist through, of lava. Through the heart, basically. And, yeah. At that point, I'm like, oh shit, Oda did it. So, did you want to say what you're going to say before I say what I want to say? <laughs> yes, because I am basically 100% sure that it's not the same thing. Yeah, okay. So, this moment where Ace gets baited, mm-hmm. a lot of people are very, very mad at it. What? You know? Yeah, right? Because, like, like, oh my god, Ace, everyone goes through all this, all that, and you're going to turn oh, around and die over an insult? Right. But okay. I personally love this moment. Because the way I interpret it is that uh, we see, think back to Mock Town, right? Which will eventually mm-hmm. lead us back to Romance Dawn. In Mock Town, we got the callback to what Luffy learned as a child from Shanks. Is that people can shit talk you, they can shit talk your friends, and it doesn't mean anything. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the lesson, a lesson that Luffy learned that Ace did not. We saw, mm-hmm. and this is literally the same arc, Jaya, where we're reintroduced to this concept that we meet Blackbeard, who will mm-hmm. eventually kill Ace, right? Or, well, contribute to Ace's death, Ace. beat him, and yeah. capture him, yeah. And so, it's, I think, really well written that Ace dies here be, because he didn't learn that lesson, in my opinion. He was he was tutored by Whitebeard, not by Shanks. You know what I mean? Exactly. He didn't learn that one thing from Shanks that, like, you can let people crap talk you and it doesn't make you any less of a man. The lesson Whereas, that Ace didn't learn literally caused his death. Yeah. Which I thought mental- was super, super good. Yeah, because the, the, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Because the, the mentality of the Whitebeards is always family, we stick up for each other no matter fucking what. If anyone even looks at your pal the wrong way... Deck him, make him even, make him regret even thinking right. about it. And, and even kind of ties off. back to the Whitebeard thing with uh, the guy that betrayed him, Squard. Like, man, yeah. who lied to you? I'm going to go fuck this guy up. Yes, exactly. You know? I know, you, like, I know I'm, ble- I'm bleeding to death right now. You stabbed me. You're here right now. But it's not your fault. It's not your fault. He does like this, the scene from Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. So stop, stop doing that to me, man. It's not your fault. Just hugs him closer. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> yeah. But basically, uh, just because of that, I really like that whole scene and, you know, the Ace story. I felt it. It may Absolutely. still even have more repercussions later if we ever learn more about Whitebeard Ace or Shanks, etc. Mm-hmm. But it's a very interesting line, a thread connection there. Absolutely. So the thing I want to say is more like a, on a personal note, because this is when you can throw in your clip if you got it, is <laughs> I made the, I said out loud, going something along the lines of, if Oda, Oda can kill off Ace and it'd be great for character development and growth, right? Great tragedy for storytelling, but he's not going to do it. So I think that it's going to be safe. They're going to make it out. Maybe Whitebeard dies and one of them gets injured, but they're going to have like a training montage or something afterward. That was something along the lines of my prediction. But the reason why I pulled back on that, despite having 570, 80 chapters at this point of Oda's writing, is 
I put my mind in the place of where this came, the time period this came out of, and like this is still when Naruto, Bleach, and Dragon Ball Z were popular. Yeah, so this, my, this is a time when when the big three were like peaking, really. When yeah, they were peak popularity. Yeah, so therefore my brain was telling me, remember when Naruto did this exact moment multiple times, and how they pulled back, even though they were literally like, oh, this character Neji, he's super gonna die, and then like. A couple of chapters later, chapters later. Oh, our best doctors revived him. He's back to full health. Real quick, uh, Naruto spoilers. You have two seconds. That pissed me off because they killed Meji later, anyways, and that is terrible, yep. terrible writing. <laughs> now, please continue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was, I was gonna go further into that, but yeah, it's best to stop now. Um, they also did that with Choji, another character from Naruto, where again he literally takes a pill that's supposed to kill him. He doesn't die. And there's a part where Kakashi was supposed to have a wonderful send-off. Yes, Kakashi. Oh, yes. Best, best character in the series. He was supposed to have a send-off. He doesn't die. Um, the only character they actually do that to... Real quick, a fun fact. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I was reading Naruto week to week at that point, too. And I was, like, actually kind of mad at how everyone was dying, like, so quick. Because it was, like, every cool character to me. But I, I loved like, that! I, I was like, <laughs> I know, I was like, man, everyone that's badass is dead. If Kakashi dies, I'm gonna stop reading. And then Kakashi died, and I was like, right, I'm done. And then my brother's like, yeah, he's back. And I was like, damn it. But then I kept reading. Sorry, so, continue. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say, but arguably the best part of Naruto to this day is, even though I have a lot of disappointments with that series, if you love that series, great for you. Again, it's disappointing for me personally. The best part of that series to me still was Jiraiya. Because guess what? Love Jiraiya. That was a character arc in which they decide... I guess you're going to have to put the beginning of the episode spoilers for Naruto at this point. We're making a, a reasonable <laughs> comparison here, okay? Is that they actually killed off that character. And that was such a tragic moment for Naruto, and I was great for his growth, right? So, but my point being is that, and then Bleach 2, they do that all the time, too, where characters will lose, like, 50 gallons of blood, and you think, oh, they're going to die. And then, like, no, we have, like, this magical healing sauna or some shit. Um, yeah. The only Shonen series that really gets a pass is Dragon Ball Z, because they literally have, like, no, this character's super dead. But we have this convenient world built, this world device called the Dragon Balls that you can bring them back to life with. So that the plot of right. the arc And even, like, as far as medical, like, instant healing goes, at least they established the Sensuine mm. immediately. Yeah, so, sorry for the long story, but personal experiences, that's why my brain was thinking, Oda's not gonna do this, because my experiences with Naruto and Bleach, the Shonen series, he's not gonna do it because of the horrible pessimistic mindset i had which is it would be too good of writing for a shonen writer to use because unfortunately a lot of shonen writers they <laughs> back down i know right. it sounds insulting but that's where my mindset is. i i think a lot of that comes down to editors in the end right i think the because ed- the editor's Pressure. job is to like become make the work profitable that's fair you know yeah. like oh come on you can't kill off kakashi imagine how much money we can make off more kakashi dolls and you mm-hmm. know merch etc yeah. etc which mm-hmm. in in a lot of ways and a lot of times i think it does hurt the story so i really respect and i hope that more authors continue to just do their own thing and stick with yeah. their stories because i know it fucking sucks when your favorite character dies trust me i know we've but with the recent like since you know since this scene happened there's a couple of series that came out you know not shonen series but you know certain series like game of thrones that got a lot of love because yeah characters die when they fuck up and it's great storytelling when you utilize it correctly so but i always had that mindset beforehand and that's why shonen series were always like on the iffy for me because i'm just like when it comes to the 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 real writing you techniques that you need to use 
they they typically back down probably because like you said editor pressure or marketing pressure right um or maybe they have their own fan feedback and they're like i don't like the feedback i'm getting because fans are really upset that i killed off their favorite side character i guess i'm gonna bring them back for some reason yeah. Why and Ace was Ace is extremely popular still to this day. Yeah, I was the one that said he looks like a like a model. He's the one that looks so attractive. <laughs> he yeah. does. And looking back on it, yeah, that's probably why he and Luffy don't quite look the same level as attractive because Ace cut the, he cut the genetics from Gold Roger. He's he's got that pirate king <laughs> energy, you know. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I mentioned here where I'm like, yeah, it's not like a direct insult to those other shonen writers, but. When you're writing a story and you have in mind, stick to your guns, man. Because yeah. I could be completely wrong about this too, by the way. They could bring back Ace the two arcs from now, or <laughs> I have no fucking idea, and you're gonna t- you're gonna be laughing at my face much harder after that. But this <laughs> oh, feels this feels solid because he has a gaping hole in his chest and his back, in which his heart was ripped out, like worse than more like Mortal Kombat levels of fatality. Yeah, he ha- he has the tragic goodbye, right? Other these other series that I mentioned before uh, had those too. His final but quote touched his touched final me. quote. <laughs> his final quote. Yep. Uh, thank you for loving me, and having that highlight reel of all the moments of you know similar to like, that's why also why I made the comparison to Robin's backstory mm-hmm. because similar to her big moment of take me to the sea with you. I want to live. Sorry, I keep saying that in reverse. I want to live. Take me to the sea with you. Um, you have that montage of moments where people are like, like pointing at them, yelling, like why they were so depressed and lonely their whole lives. Ace was a similar feature where he had all the all the memories of the townsfolk just hating the idea of him existing, even though he mm-hmm. they didn't know he existed. And then you have Luffy being a little crybaby that he was, but you had that brotherly love, and then he goes, you know, thank you for loving me, and it it, it got me a little bit, not as hard as Robin's. Like Robin's was like the the build up that I had like yeah. multiple arcs going into but this was still a really good one and then this mentally breaks Luffy and this was also the other call out that I made that I also pulled back because it'd be great because if Ace was killed then Luffy's mental breakdown that he kind of had at the end of Savoti, but they kind of like glossed over that he was quick to like readjust now it hits him super hard because he actually now at this point is once again alone, but he witnessed a family member die right in front of him, in his arms. And for the rest of the arc, he has like the blank eyes, and he's just done. He's mentally broken. So this is ripe. Like, this is horrible in-universe, obviously. But me as a reader, slash like amateur writer, going, this is fantastic for potential like character development. Nothing like a good tragedy to shake up the shake up shake yeah. things up a little bit. And I will say for like as far as like the whole ace death and everything building up to it, for for really only getting his backstory in this arc, like a couple of panels here and there spread throughout in the beginning and a little bit I think right here before this, right? Before mm-hmm. he saves them. But it's not a lot that we got to see and everything that built up to like how he felt hated his whole life and he finally gained acceptance, but just the little bit that we did see was done really, really well to give us just enough to care about his final like line delivery and make it hit a little harder. Yeah. God, dude. Never mind. I'm gonna keep that this thought to myself. I'm not gonna mention that loud. But uh, I'm I'm scared to say it. <laughs> now I'm curious. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, fine. Because I feel like I'm gonna be it's like a daunting call if it is true. Which is if I felt even a little bit for a side character like Ace, he's important to Luffy, but in terms of writing 
he hasn't been in the series for that long, right? Not much screen time, quote unquote. Yeah. But I even I even felt this much for Ace. What if a straw hat died? And I'm just going, Jesus mm-hmm. fucking Christ, I can't imagine that. Don't you say anything. I know you're gonna say <laughs> Raffo. If uh, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you got a rap but I can't imagine it because if I felt like this for Ace and I had all these death flags in front of me, but because of my preconceptions with shonen writers and usually how they pull out or they have like an inconvenient in-universe reasoning to bring them back to life or something, yeah. then it's like it's not going to be 100%. But now that I know, oh shit, it totally can be, and Oda's not going to be afraid to do it. Then it's like, now it's like, not quite that feel after you finish Game of Thrones season one, where, you know, spoilers, a main character named Stark gets beheaded. And you're just like, I thought that was the main character, right? And you have that fear of like, oh god, anyone can die. Now Ace is a side Mm -hmm. character, but I still have that kind of feeling where it's like, okay, plot armor is probably still going to be with the main character, Luffy. But now I don't feel that plot armor is going to be relevant for the side characters. Like, all the Straw Hats are vulnerable now. Maybe not quite, because they're more important than Ace in terms of, like, the the tier list of, like, side characters. Right, it shifts your perception, like, on right. the series a little it's, bit. Yeah. But yeah, now it's like, now that plot armor that I thought the Straw Hats had, and now it's a bit lighter. <laughs> it's just right. not, it's a little bit, like, you might want to get that, that checked armor. out. <laughs> yeah, you might want to get that checked out a little might bit. I want to get that repaired. <laughs> yeah, so that fear is definitely now there as well. So Luffy immensely breaking and all the pirates, like all the white beards and everyone else, like trying to get him out and Ace's body retrieved becomes like this next chaotic moment. And then you're thinking, Oh, things can't get any worse at this point. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Let me redo that. From the distance. Yeah. From the distance. And you see like this, re- this, Dude, if that giant peering over the castle was fucking Cthulhu, I would have lost it. But it's not Cthulhu, it's a giant. It's fine. Oh my, it's fine. dude, that would have been, yeah. <laughs> that would have been like a huge tone shoe. Right? Because it would have been like, dude, the crazy theory I had where he rescued, he went beyond the, the fifth or sixth layer of Impel Down and found Cthulhu down there, or like a Lovecraftian monster. Oh my god. But instead, yeah. what was, uh, I didn't call this out, and I, but I regret this, is I mentioned the one pirate of Notice, which was the Golden Lion. And um, I was like, oh, I, okay, That they mentioned up some prisoners like the Golden Lion. I didn't mention the other four names that Eva mentions. I didn't write them down, so I can't prove it. But please believe me when I said yeah, I yeah, took yeah, notice yeah. of those names. But I didn't mention that on the recording. I didn't write them down because I'm like, they're probably not that important. Because Golden Lion got like a separate notice, right? Because he was the one that escaped. But those four names were just those who were lost to the void. Blackbeard's mission was to recruit those four fucking pirates. San Juan Wolf, the Great Battleship, great name. Avalo Pizarro, the Corrupt King, which sounds like a Dark Souls boss. Mm-hmm. Um, Vasco Shot, Heavy Drinker. He he got lazy, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he got he got the bad name. Uh, and then Katarina Devon, the Crescent Moon Hunter, which also sounds like a Dark Souls character. Not a boss, yeah. but a character. Um, and then he brought with him Sure You of the Rain. And with that giant, I I, don't, I forget what the giant's name also, is, to be honest. Also, Dark Souls character, like a hunter you'd encounter. Oh, yeah. Sure, you of sure, the rain. Sure, you of the rain. Yeah, he's the guy with, like, the giant crescent moon sword or some shit. Um, or, like, the giant katana. But, yeah, Blackbeard shows up, and then he's like, yeah, I'm going to join Smash Brothers. I'm going to join the conflict real soon. He, you know, lets it out that, obviously, like, we kind of knew this early on. Like, you mentioned it out loud, but we kind of knew this at this point. He only became a warlord, officially, because he wanted to get 
an easier pathway to his ultimate goal and to be temporarily yeah. a warlord to get in access to like you know the power room for example so that his crew member can hypnotize the uh, sailors to open the doors whenever a ship comes by so they can just get in and out no big deal right um all these little plans in place right because he's a schemer he doesn't look like it but he is mm-hmm. and very smart yes he is very ambitious. He shows off a bit of his, uh, you know, I think now, route. now is a relatively good time to tell you something that has not appeared, has been mentioned in the main story, but it was mentioned explicitly by Oda. I think he gets oh, like shit. extra data books. Oh, Just, okay. It's okay. a fun fact. It's, we're talking about Teach being smart. His title on his job, as, as well as being the captain, of course, is he is an archaeologist, which is the same role really? given to Robin. Yes. I just want you to, you know, it's very really? interesting. Yeah. A smart that- guy. Okay, because a lot of stuff I want to talk about at the very end relates to some theories I have, yeah, and so now I'm getting a little more worried, because uh-huh. that's a very important data piece. Yes, it is. Uh, yes, it is. Okay, so the archaeologist uh, Blackbeard, <laughs> sorry, I know, um, yeah, Captain Blackbeard shows up, and Whitebeard is obviously fucking pissed, Ace just died. And what Blackbeard is taunting Whitebeard at this point, going like, you know, I got this power, I stole this from your commander, your other commander just died, you're losing everything. And then Whitebeard just gets pissed. No talk, no talking. He like goes through the darkness power, right? Because you think, oh, he's gonna be suck the powers out, so he's gonna be weak, right? And <laughs> the Whitebeard's like, I'm using my brawn, motherfucker. Grabs mm-hmm. his head, slams him to the ground, but because he doesn't have the tremor, he yeah, can't he's slam like, Ha ha! You ain't got no powers. Like now, ask. And me then if Blackbeard I give a fuck. just. And then Blackbeard just actually fears for his fucking life and goes, I'm family, remember? I'm family, I'm family, I'm family. Don't yeah, when he sees that fist go into there, he's like, no, no, please don't, I'm sorry. He, like, gets PTSD or something. Exactly. And I'm just like, dude, again, Whitebeard showing off how fucking great that dude is. Like, I don't need a, I, I know I can't use my Tremor Fruit, because I know that double fruit you stole. I know it's powers. But I'm still strong no enough to... Yeah, but I don't... It, he did, like, a Mirio moment from My Hero where it's like, I don't need powers to kick your ass. <laughs> But unfortunately, Blackbeard being a pirate, he actually is quite a pirate, and a bitch. just goes, and a bitch, and a bastard, and quickly, and a cunt. in my opinion, <laughs> making his way to the number one cunt in the series list. Mm, possibly. Possibly. Because he does the pirate thing where, you know, Whitebeard lands like a good blow, Blackbeard gets some distance, and then he just goes, you know, he does like the, the gang thing where he just goes, let, let the lead out, let load on him. And the entire Blackbeard crew just unloads all their shots their pistols or rifles and that to me was the death blow not the stab but well, the stab was the lead to yeah, it obviously yeah, that, that was i but, think easily the ending blow yeah but when whitebeard is like on his death's door he's still standing uh, yeah. and we are info dump so fucking hard in one chapter maybe two of just by the way, Whitebeard, he knows he's still being recorded by the Jumbotrons, um, and he's making declarations to the world, basically, right? He's making all these conversations, but after he gets shot a bunch of times, the first thing he says, that was a big mindfuck for me, you showed me this picture first. I'm like, I got that picture too, bro. I'm onto this too. <laughs> Where Blackbeard's going, what the fuck, you're not dead? And Whitebeard instead just says, you're not him. The man Roger is waiting for is definitely not you, Teach. And I'm just going, mm, what? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, what a quote. is this, like, metaphorical? Like, is it the afterlife? Is it literally on Raftel? Is it, like, Riley's basement or some shit? What, what, what is he talking about waiting for you? Is it, like, spiritually at the One Piece? 
I don't know. Yeah. But that was the first line. It could and be then, related to that. He talked a little more about, like, inheriting will, you know? Like, oh, uh-huh. someone's going to inherit Roger's will. Could be related to that. That is unclear. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they still have not made it clear either yet at this point. Do the, Are the names given to them? Do they give a name to themselves? Which maybe, if that's the theory, then maybe Blackbeard gave himself that name. Because he knows, because he's an archaeologist, like you just said. I have a theory I know. that I will say. It's, it's actually still a theory. Uh-huh. That Whitebeard is a D. Possibly. His name is Edward, and I think it's I. Oh, maybe not though. <laughs> Ed, maybe not. Edward, maybe not. Like Edward I want him D. to be a D because you know because he's so sick. But actually, that doesn't make any sense when I consider what we literally just saw in this. I can see the th- that flashback. See Remember the flashback though between him and Whitebeard. Or sorry, Whitebeard and Gold Roger. That's when my, he, that was, he actually that's what asked next. Gold Roger about the D, so that yeah, it wouldn't make sense. But originally, yeah. I was hoping because his name is Edward, like Edward Newgate. I was thinking Edward, yeah. like Edward D. Newgate. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm more of the fa- I'm more of like the mindset of like don't Disneyfy your Star Wars plot of like don't make everyone a Skywalker kind of thing because it kind of loses its will. Right. Or, sorry, its taste. So I'm more of a fan of Whitebeard not being. But I, but I understand the theory at the same time. I, I still don't know what it is, and I'm still just supremely curious about, like, the D. Yeah, but you mentioned that flashback, and I wanted to bring it up, too, because one small line that he said that ties into, like, my, my fucking, again, Parks and Rec conspiracy board craziness, okay, okay, yeah. where he says one small line where, this is when Gold Roger is alive, sorry, Goldie Roger, talking to Whitebeard, and then he goes, they're calling me Gold Roger now. And I'm like, it's censorship. They're trying to hide the will of D. The government knows something about right. that. Yeah. So like, that's so that's why they're spinning it as no. His name is Gold Roger. It's not Goldie Roger. You've been saying it wrong. It's actually Gold Roger. We're the government. Trust us. And I'm just like the government fucking knows something about that will of D. So they're just trying to erase it completely. Of like no one has that middle initial. No one does. It's just Gold Roger. It's gold, right? Because he's a pirate. Gold. Ha ha. Right. Mm. And it's just like oh my god, the government knows something again. But it ties into what the um. Well, they, we have seen in the past a few D's on the, or at least one in Robin's flashback, Jaguar D. Saul, who was yes. a government, you know, he's a D, so maybe they do know some stuff. Exactly. Again, we're not quite clear who gets the name, but maybe because he was a government member, the government was like, oh, we can trust this guy not to go full on nuts and crazy. Mm-hmm. But maybe that was also why when he split, they were like, no, we're sending our admiral after this guy and killing him because... Right. Not just because he's a traitor, but because maybe oh, that, maybe we misjudged will of him, D you know? signify. Yeah, that will of D signify. Maybe he yeah. is the one who will, like, you know, inherit a will of someone. I don't know. Appar- that what Apparently. Means? I don't know. God. I don't know. But yeah, that one line Goldie Roger says, where like, they're calling me gold, I'm just like, oh my god, the government is... It's continuing what they, we brought up in Eni's lobby in that flashback, where, yeah, the government is just trying everything they can to just, like, put out the flames of that history any way, shape, and form. Because my mindset now, because again, Sabodi, Robin asks about what is the will of D, and then it proceeds immediately to ask about the Poneglyph. So that tells me the theory is the will of D is related to that lost kingdom. So maybe the the D mm. lineage, if or like the will of that lineage, is connected to that lost kingdom. Who knows? At this point. Again, all yeah. these theories are connected. It's archaeology. It's history. Oh, man. Our unnamed friend should really read the series. <laughs> I need to ask them their own opinions of what they think. But he goes on a speech, right? Because he's being televised, white beard, back in the present day. And he goes, you can sever bloodlines, but their flames can never be extinguished, right? Referring to the passing of eight. Saying that, you know, you, you might have severed Goldie Rogers' bloodline, if this is in fact his only son. 
or his only child, but you can't get rid of the flame, right? Someday, mm-hmm. one will arise who will challenge the world and shoulder centuries of history. He says this, which also confirm, which also reinforces why I think the will of D is also connected to that lost kingdom and those poneglyphs, the lost history. God, archaeology is so important in this series now. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Robin got really important. Um, Sengoku, you and the world government fear the great war that will come to this world one day. And I'm thinking the great war as in, like, you know, the great war of the entire world. Is it, like, an extension of the previous war? Because, again, the great war, I'm thinking of, like, World War One, the war to end all wars, right? That mindset. But, yeah, just so much going on. Because, again, the centuries of history shoulder the, all that weight. And I'm just thinking, like, okay, yeah, this, there's got to be some historical connections here. In the in universe, historical connections. Um... I'm not interested in the treasure, which implies, yes, there is treasure. Uh, but when it's found, right, the whole world will be turned upside down, which, again, confirms, I think, the One Piece c- includes, like, the pon- like the master set of poneglyphs, or the poneglyph, singular, that has the answer that Robin's looking for. That, you know, the missing piece of history that the government is trying to completely erase. But then he announces what we kind of already knew. But he confirms it to the world, which is massive, because even Son Goku is like, you fool, you bastard. He declares the One Piece does exist. Like, reigniting the flames of the pirates. Yeah, the Golden Age of Pirates, he's trying to reignite it, right? Like, you think I'm, because I was the era of Whitebeard, these 20 years since Gold Roger passed. I'm telling you guys, the One Piece does exist. Go out there, turn the world upside down, right? So... At this point, the One Piece now, to me, has become the basement in Attack on Titan. Where it's yeah. like, get there, the answers will be there, and it will not disappoint. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's what it feels like. It, at this point, that's where my mind is. Like, it all, like it's not just the history, right? There's also going to be the gold. You're still going to have your national treasure, the movie yeah. National Treasure. You're still going to have that levels of unquantified gold from all the conquering gold Roger, Goldie Roger did. During his conquering of the... I keep saying that word. During his time in the Grand Line. I think it's, um, a, it's a pretty good word, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. But to use it over and over again, it's, it, it's, it gets <laughs> a, a little redundant. Yeah. Um, and then... to But it has all the answers at the same time. Like, the what is exactly the will of D? The hundred-year gap? The mysterious lost kingdom? What other... Like, and that's another thing, too. Like, is it just that period of history? Or are there other atrocities that the government did, but they successfully hid? And that period, that gap in the history is the only gap. Writing-wise, I would say probably that gap is the only gap, but there's a possibility that there might be more that the government hid. And I wouldn't, you know, look the other way if, like, oh, they did much more horrible shit. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could believe that for sure. Um, but yeah, it confirms that it exists, and it reaffirms, like, Blackbeard's, like, excitement, because he laughs and laughs at the statement. Because, you know, he was always hopeful about it, but now he knows for a fact it exists. Um, yeah. If he didn't know before. But... Then Whitebeard, that was the last thing Whitebeard says, and he dies like a fucking boss. He's standing, tall and proud, no gunshot wounds, no sword uh, slashes on his back. Yes. No cowardly wounds. The, the, um, the, 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 the censored fixed version of his tattoo on his back, which is still right. fine. Um, but yeah, it's just like, that was like, oh, what a fucking way for this side character to go. But then, right away after that, it gets worse. After the striking oh, yeah. revelation. 
then we get like this domino effect. So like we had all of this. Sorry, am I talking too much? Do you have anything else to add to this? I'm sorry. Uh, not especially now. So please continue. <laughs> okay, I'm guessing if there are answers, you're just keeping your keeping it to yourself mm-hmm. right now. Okay, gotcha. Um, and if you have memories of the past, you're like, I don't know if I want to say this much. I might say too much. Sorry. Yeah, so yeah, I can't really so, delve all the way into these yeah. subjects. So I think at this. That was the end of, like, all the exposition, the plot dump of, like, world building and what to expect to come on the larger scale. But then we get, like, a domino effect of, like, little events that happen that lead to uh, the next arc, which I wouldn't be surprised would be, like, a post-Ini's Lobby or, mm-hmm. like, a something small but, like, wraps things up in a little way. Where we get to see uh, Trafalgar Law, the one of the rookies, super rookies, mm-hmm. the doctor one, he shows up in a pretty cool submarine to clutch it out and try and save uh yeah, that's a cool ship yeah pretty cool it's not as cool as the submarine in the thousand sun i missed that ship um <laughs> i missed the straw hats man um we see Ikainu like being relentless he's still going after luffy he uh jimbe is actually fulfilling a promise he made to ace which was to try and protect luffy or save him and he gets a wound because he couldn't like dodge the punch correctly and it looked like uh luffy gets horribly wounded in the chest and because i kind of was even mocking him going like if you just let me punch him he would have a quick death but now he'll have a slow death i don't think luffy's gonna die but yeah and it, it is also important to note that the the main reason that ace did, did die is that he was shielding luffy from right from an exactly blow. and jimbei is continuing that um but to an unconscious luffy because again he's mentally broken at this point he's done um we also have some characterization with uh, some of the navy men uh, Captain Smoker and Tashigi are looking at their own Navy men, just relishing in the chaos, going, what the hell is going on? Like, their bloodlust is being massive. Like, this is injustice, right? They're having their own morals come into question because they thought they were the good guys, right? Kobe also loses voices in his head as people are dying. Like, is he a Jedi? Like, as millions of voices are crying out or and then vanished one by one? Yep, like, what's Kobe's deal? No. You said yep first, you motherfucker. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually do know, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I figured, motherfucker. Um, but yeah, I knew that there was going to be something important about that. Like, you can't just say something small as like the voices in my head are going out. So I'm like, this this fucker this fucker knows something. Yeah. Um, while oh, before this chaos is going on, the biggest thing, probably the biggest thing, the end of the exposition dump. Blackbeard and the crew have, like, this black cloak. I think it's a black cloak. It's a dark cloak. That covers both Whitebeard and Blackbeard. He goes under. And they protect the body, right? They're going, what the hell is going on? He lifts the cloak. He does the impossible. He has two powers. He has his darkness fruit. And now, he has the tremor fruit. He has both. Which, even the characters in the universe, including myself, ask the same question. Because I actually find myself in the same position as the fucking navy men at this point going like isn't that impossible i thought we literally had a conversation about not one person can have more than one power it was one of our yeah and one of the the white beard allies like repeated the same thing like whoa i thought your your body would like blow up or something if you had two powers the same thing that the cp9 guys said back in yeah and then and then one of them mentioned well blackbeard's body was always strange and i thought he was just calling him fat but <laughs> but I think there really is something else, because, again, he does have D in yeah. his middle name. So that could be, again, a some connection. I don't think he just gave himself that name. He must have some type of crazy strength, some kind of internal power he has. But he has the power. 
he finishes off destroying uh, Marine Ford, basically cuts it in half completely with a tremor, and shows off that he can have both powers, and then declares, oh, he doesn't exactly say the first part, which is, the era of Whitebeard is over, but he does say for sure, my era begins. And I'm like, mm-hmm. gotcha, this is, the, this is possibly the ultimate antagonist of the entire series at this point. He is, or at least the rival, because right. this is, because he has basically declared himself as another, like, wild card faction, kind of like the Rebels with Dragon. Now we have another one, because he's not a warlord anymore. He's not with the Navy. We kind of knew he was going to stay with there, but he confirmed he's going to be his own thing. So now we have another faction with all of these top tier prisoners that he recruited on his side as well. And now he has two Devil Fruit powers, but he's still, like, like mentally and physically not the sturdiest because there's a moment where um again Whitebeard confronts him and then he almost straight up kills him right there and Blackbeard is like mentally panicking going like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry mm-hmm. um but and also he needs to get like he doesn't have complete control of his powers he gets tired but he brushes off like just like like Bodhi like laughter like haha it's okay we'll just continue this another time right and does like the the the, the cobra like retreat where he just gets away with it. Yeah. But yeah, we're get this reveal that yeah, the at this point the navy and the admirals are rivals, are enemies for sure for the, you know, our team or our character at this point. Mm-hmm. But Blackbeard to me is like almost like Fire Lord Ozai. He's like he's going to be the ultimate antagonist at this point. But he yeah. doesn't have everything quite yet. He he's, he's still clearly being built up to be yes. a big threat. He's definitely building himself up to be like, you know, there's going to be like the four, the, now the three emperors of the Grand Line. He's setting himself up to be the lone emperor, if you would, like the Grand Emperor or whatever title he's going to make himself up for. Yes. Or, you know, King of the Pirates. That's the main one, obviously. Right. But yeah, so Blackbeard is a huge fucking threat. Uh, Kobe, in the midst of his like, oh, my God, I'm these voices in my head. And also, this is like a good transition. When Smoker and Toshiki were talking about, like, the morals of our own men, they look no different than the pirates fighting right now. What the hell's going on? Because they're looking at of like, just burning people alive. Like, at the retreating forces. And Kobe has, grows <laughs> the biggest set of balls I've ever seen. He oh, gets yeah. in front of Aikaidu and goes, we need to stop. They're retreating. We need to save our wounded. And Aikaidu, being the fucking bloodthirsty warmonger that he is, goes, who the hell you know, are you? Yeah, he might be the biggest cunt in the series. Possibly, yeah. It's debatable Get, when you think about yeah, him and Blackbeard listen, now. At this point, it's personal preference at this yeah. point. We got four contenders for <laughs> that top position. Pick. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I kind of attempts to kill Kobe, right? You, you, you're, a tra- you're a traitor, you're getting in the way of an admiral, get the hell out of my way. And then, another thing I predicted, well, this one... No, I no, you predicted it. that he wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I want to clarify that and say, and say, I don't think I should say it. By the way, uh, Kobe is saved by Shanks. He shows up. He blocks the punch that would have killed him with a sword. The the punch doesn't melt the sword. That's a crazy sword. That's a powerful sword. What sword is that? I want to know. But I predicted that Shanks wouldn't show up at all, or at least he wouldn't help out in the fight. He doesn't really help out in the fight. Not the main core fight, but he does. Yeah. His presence is enough for Sengoku to go. And even Blackbeard to go, yeah, let's stop fighting. We're tired. <laughs> yeah, I will say, like, if Shanks had been there, it would have gone differently, definitely. Oh, uh, definitely. A lot of people, especially on the first viewing of this, I think 
tend to underestimate how handily Whitebeard and his allies were beaten, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the the red-haired pirates immediately show off their own power presence because you have one of the pirates like pulling a gun to one of the admirals going, oh shit, you caught me off guard. There are Shanks confronting Akainu. He's staring at Sengoku. They're not acting. They're not moving. Like his, he and his crew's presence are enough to make everyone go, "Holy shit! What do we do now?" Like here's a another emperor's crew, and they're they're fully they're fresh up. Like we're tired, exhausted. These guys are fresh. They're mm. ready to go if they have to. Yeah, man. When Shane comes up, like anyone else that wants to fight, fight with me. Everyone's like, nah. <laughs> and, and, like, you, and you get and you get that beautiful double panel of like, come on, you want to go? You want to go? And then the entire his crew, crew is right there, clean. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Like even the guy eating the lucky infinite... Rue, yeah, lucky Rue, Yasop, <laughs> Ben Beckman, get to the whole gang. Was Yasop the guy with the dreads in the front? Yeah, it's Usopp's dad. Oh, he looks so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> he looks really cool. I'm like, I want a little more of this guy, dude. It's almost like the opposite of Usopp, because Usopp's trying to be that guy, you know? Yeah, that's who Usopp wants to be. Yep. And I'm just like, if that's Usopp's end goal, I can't wait. Oh, dude. <laughs> right? Yeah, but regardless, Shanks shows up, and they have, like, this great little character moment where, first off, Mihawk sees uh, Shanks shows up, and you're thinking, interesting, he has a sword, he but has a alas, sword. even he's like, uh-uh, <laughs> not yeah. happening today. Hawkeye is, like, lawful evil or lawful neutral, because he's like, dude, I agree to take on Whitebeard, not Shanks, I'm leaving, bye. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> Just, I read the contract, please. it said come defend against the Whitebeard pirates, exactly. I signed it, I have done my job, I am not defending against the Shanks pirates, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> a, a, a one-to-one mercenary that's like, you, you should have put in the print, dude, you didn't say Whitebeard and all allies that show up later. He just said Whitebeard. So, and he died, so I'm gone. Peace. Um, yeah, Jinx also... has, like, just a really strong showing there. He shows up, he's like, yeah, you guys are done fighting, I am taking their bodies, and this war is over. And everyone yeah. just kind of goes, okay. Yeah, even Blackbeard, because again, I think there's, like, one panel where Blackbeard is, like, frozen, but he has, like, that big smile on his face still. But you could tell that's he is He's scared, yeah. Yeah, but then he laughs it off going, like, you know, oh, it's not the right time. Like, that, the bullshit excuse, right? It's not the time and the place. Yeah, it is, motherfucker. You just, <laughs> you just, you, you know, Shanks is fully freshed up and ready. You don't have control of your powers yet. Um, But the one thing that was the best part with Shanks showing up is he sees Luffy. And then he has his old straw hat once again. And mm-hmm. I forget who says, but then goes... Aren't you gonna, you know, say hi to Luffy? Wake him up? Like, you know, bring Dude, him yeah. with you? And also, like, that panel with, of the whole crew was extra saucy because Shanks had the hat in his hand. Yeah, of like, oh man, that's like chapter one shit all again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the part that I loved the most was it flashed back to the deal Shanks and Luffy made back at the very, very beginning in Romance Dawn, in which uh, you'll give this hat back to me when you become a great pirate. And then he says, I would be breaking the deal if we met again. So first off, I'm going, ooh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> but on the second hand, he is right. Luffy is still a super rookie. Yeah. He is, he hasn't entered the new world at all. He is still a newcomer. He's up and rising, but he's not a actual great pirate yet. Not yet. Which told me, this story has a long way to go, despite being 580 chapters in, and I don't mind. Which is very rare for me to say, because I prefer stories that have 
you know, that are, you know, don't stretch out too long. But the best thing about the story, it doesn't feel overly stretched out. It feels like, it's crazy to say, but it definitely feels like Oda has a good schedule of what to do. So it doesn't feel like it's too forced. Nothing feels too padded out. Maybe like Thriller Bark here and there that's like maybe a bit too long. But yeah, you don't feel it's consistent. Like if it's like one arc that's a little shaky, then right away, bam, Sabote right after. Where you're just like, oh shit. So at this point, like Shanks stops it. He's a deterrence. That's we have a death of an emperor. We have a split with the warlords, right? Because <laughs> Hancock is still on the good side, but we basically lost Crocodile for sure. Because he actually he he kind of allied with the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. Because he actually helped out Jimbei and eight, uh, Luffy escape. Because yeah. he's like. Like, dude, I don't, like, Whitebeard's dead. That's what I wanted. But at this point, I'm still not getting what I want, and I don't want them to get what they want. <laughs> like, Crocodile's, like, the ultimate, like, I don't want, uh, I don't want to win. I just want them to lose kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, uh, Rise of Skywalker meme. <laughs> That's what he's doing right now. But, uh, oh, and then Buggy rejoins Shanks. That's hilarious, too, where he just briefly united. Oh, and that simp pirate prison crew he has where it's like, oh, he's talking to Shanks like an equal. Oh, man. What a glorious <laughs> leader. Yeah. We all know Shanks would, like, fucking beat him in a heartbeat. Honestly, um, just all the hype that Buggy got in the, in this arc is so funny. It was. I would I would think at the end of Impel Down that maybe he would actually have more of clutch roles, kind of like Mr. Three, personally, where he, like, he had the key he, or something. He kind of did. Uh, kind of. He At caught, the end, like, he saved Jinbei and Luffy. Oh, right. He accidentally caught a flying Jinbei because <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was trying to run ahead of his crew. Like, yeah, his, but his that's the gag. It's all this stuff that happens is always accidental and always makes him look really good. Yeah, and then the crew saw like him running away, and then he caught Jinbei and Luffy. He's like, oh, well, he predicted that. Wow, how, how smart. Oh, how charitable. Oh, wow. <laughs> Man, they're bigger simps for Buggy than uh, Hancock's own empire is for her. Holy shit. Yeah, they're uh, like Hancock for Luffy for Buggy. Mm-hmm. So, that is, I think, the end of Marine Ford. I don't yeah. think there's anything else. I don't have anything else, really. Yeah, Just no, that, that... that is basically it. Luffy escapes, he's injured, he's getting treated by Trafalgar Law, who he learns a doctor. Which makes sense. He has the the reverse quirk, uh, quirk. Oh my god, the reverse uh, devil fruit power of um, Buggy, right? Where he doesn't cut up right. himself, he cuts other people up. So it's like, okay, well, he can dismember people, but he's and also he, a doctor, surgeon so. of death is what he's yeah. called. So it makes sense. So he, Actual so he's also, surgeon. <laughs> that also reminds me because you mentioned how, like, in the data that Blackbeard is the role of the like, archaeologist, and then it's like, mm. well, Law is the role of the doctor as well. As yeah, the like he's the captain, but he's also a do- the doctor. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, so what's the role of Luffy? He's the brawler, I guess, he's, right? He's, I guess he's the fighter, if you will, yeah. Yeah. Because there also, are, we, uh, we saw it in Chabondi, actually, uh, the Kid Pirates, their second mm-hmm. uh, member, Killer, who is also a supernova, his role was fighter. Mm-hmm, that makes sense. Also, um, he's also the moral support, that too. Like, he knows exactly yeah. what to say at the right time for those And I mean, Captain is a role, you know, he inspires his crew, he tells them what's going on. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say he's like a captain and fighter. Yeah. So, lots to think about. For this arc, just I'm personally just really excited for four out of what, ten. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. The ongoing joke for those who don't know, I always say like a really good argument. Like, eh, it's like a four out of ten. It's a bull average. It's all right. Yeah, like he'll always like after any lobby, he'll text me like, eh, three out of ten. Yeah, I think the first time I, I think the first time I did that joke was after Arlong Park. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which will always have a special place in my heart, no matter what. Same. Um, as much place in, I think, all One Piece fans' hearts as, like, that oh shit moment when you see yeah. what One Piece is, like, really kind of about. That glimpse mm-hmm. of what it is to be. And how far we've gone since Arlong Park to now to Marine Ford mm-hmm. and just shit going down. Oh, boy. I, at the end of this, so much potential for Luffy to grow. Maybe not, because he is the protagonist. Maybe he won't have a complete 180 in his character behavior. But maybe he'll be more humbled. Yeah. I, I, just based on cautious. this arc, I would anticipate that his coming power up has something to do with that mm-hmm. anticipation thing that he did against Mihawk. Yeah, uh, mastering that, so he's more defensive, more cautious. He's not like he'll still be adventurous, but maybe not. Actually, I don't because know because oh, it actually does make great. sense. Also, because if you think back to Luffy's fights, he does get caught by a lot of like gimmicky like attacks. You know, that he yep. doesn't see coming. Like ink in his eyes, or you know, yeah, oh, yeah so, actually, literally, like ink in his eyes, and you know, stuff like that, like stupid mm-hmm. stuff. That if yeah. he had seen it coming, like he did with Mihawk, he could have dodged it and made his fights way, way easier. Yeah, but these are physical power ups we're talking about. I'm also talking about like mental changes where he's not oh, going to be yeah. the exact same character after this. So he oh, just, yeah, I agree completely. He hells, he's holding his brother in his arms, hearing his last words were to him, thank you for loving me. He mentally breaks. And at this point, it's continuing what I wanted earlier, but I'm getting it now rather than later, so I'm completely fine with that. It makes sense actually more happened here rather than then, which was Luffy's breakdown of, like, he lost his family, right? He lost yeah. his straw hats, but he was optimistic that they were alive because he landed in that paw print from uh, Akuma. So he was like, you know what? We're separated. This is bad. But you know what? They're alive, right? They, they're yeah. a good chance they're alive. So he was able to pull it together. But with this moment, mentally shatters him and it might give him a new resolve where it's like I need to make sure this doesn't happen again whether it's strength mental maturity both and then I need to find these people I need to find the straw hat so I'm pretty sure at this point if there's a because this is really popular during this time period too for shonens if there's a good point for a time jump it might be pretty damn soon yeah. Maybe after the post arc of next arc. Maybe a little after that too, I, but I guess we will have to raffo. To raffo. Which leads us into next week. Post ah! Marineford arc. <laughs> oh man, these names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, or post war arc sometimes. How long is it? It is seventeen chapters. So we're going to be oh. reading for the next episode, chapter five hundred and eighty one to five hundred and ninety seven. A little post- longer than the usual post. Marine Ford. It, it, oh, I mean, post Eni's Lobby was 10 chapters. Yeah, uh, that's why. But that was also a much longer arc than Marine Ford, so. Yeah. I expected, like, if we had, like, those post arcs, I expected, like, 5 to 10 chapters, I guess. Then again, this is only the second post in the name, so who knows? Right. Um, There there well, are other, like, potential names for it. I usually just go by what the One Piece wiki says. Some people may call it the Great Terminal arc. We'll see. <laughs> You'll see why. Wait. The, the, the Modern Warfare 2 map, the Great Terminal? The gray <laughs> color. Color gray terminal. Oh, I said the term, the ray terminal. Okay, I thought you said the Great Terminal. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, one the, more time, everyone. Next week, 581, or next episode, whether or not it's next week. Sometimes, yeah, stuff happens. 581 happens to 597. 
Uh, where can they find you, Justin? Oh, and if you want to talk to me about anything related to One Piece, including up to the very latest chapter released, I can, at any time, if a new chapter comes out, I've probably read it, if you have read it. I'm just I'm just being real. I read it really quick. I'll wait up for it to come out. Uh, hit me mm. up at Jitsu on Twitter if you want to talk about some One Piece. J-I-T-S-Z-U on Twitter. Or pretty much anything Shonen Jump related. I have the app and I read most of the weekly series. I just love manga. Oh, absolutely. How about yourself, Jacob? If they want to talk to you about One Piece only up to this point and nothing past this point. If you want to talk to me about how, you know, how who best girl is, it's, by the way, it's still uh, Bellamere. It's at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. Still Nami? <laughs> hey, listen, Na- Na- Nami is right behind Bellamere. Okay, <laughs> Bo-, Bo Hancock is pretty hot. She's best, but not listen, a best girl though. Listen, know? she's hot, but she's not best girl. Okay, she kicks honestly. Kittens. My my friend sent me this message by the way uh, after our episode. After he listened to it, shout out to B, uh-huh. saying that we completely glossed over Sandersonia, Boa Sandersonia, and I was so pleased when he sent me this message because I think Sandersonia is hotter than Boa Hancock. I know that name. Who's the her? She's. I was gonna say the Greek. She's the not chubby sister of Boa Hancock that turned into a snake. Uh, I disagree. I think. I think she looks better than Boa, and I'll stand by it, and I will die on this hill. Uh, you go ahead and die on that hill. I disagree. Yeah, yeah I will. <laughs> there's there's will. plenty. There, there's plenty of other Amazons. I meant. I meant to mention that in Amazon Lily, but I did not. I think uh, Sandra okay. is very slept on. Alright, okay, 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 okay. Oh, if I haven't said it already, sorry, we got a little tangent there. At Jacob Miranda on Twitter, that's J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A, all lowercase, all one word. Also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever, if there's an option to leave a review, a rating, please do so. We love reading reviews, we love getting that traffic. We get, we have the data. We know there's a couple of you listening out there. It's yeah, not we've like been, one person. We've been doing good. We got listeners. Thank you, everyone, for continuing to listen and keeping us on your charts and your countries. Really we appreciate know we that. And it's it's very motivating to see us stay on charts. It's so awesome to see that we have an international audience. It really is. However, this is me being selfish. However, I want more reviews, motherfucker. I want. I would to like respond. more reviews. <laughs> he would like more. We have, reviews. I think, with like four, three or four on iTunes at five stars, but only two written reviews. Which we and have we read love on, them. on stream, and if we get any more, we will continue to read them in episode. All the five star reviews, and on the consider seri- leaving the sum. And on a more serious note, every rating and review left off it increases the uptick in the algorithm on either site of like writing it to like the front page of like oh potential recommendations kind of thing. The more traffic, reviews, ratings a podcast has, the more likely it's shot up on the front page. More likely anyway. So. Any kind of support like that would be much appreciated. We love reading the reviews. You guys are fucking awesome. Um, I still can't believe that one reviewer is a Mineta fan. I hope he's joking about that. I really hope so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> anyways, thanks everyone for tuning in. Really appreciate you guys listening. And we always have a really great time talking about One Piece. Just real quick, one more time. 581 to 597 for next week, post-war. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>